Hey listeners, thanks for tuning in to Discussions with Tao. You got the Elite Two, me and Blake, for another episode of the Master Ballers. This is the podcast where we cover life's toughest questions, and we gotta find a way to tie it all back into Pokemon. Topic one, leaving home. Topic two, feeling useless. Are you ready for this adventure? history of being able to move away from my close friends and family I've done this twice you know the big one is moving out to Japan not even just another city another state a whole another country and then now I'm living in Boston so again different territory having to like build myself up I definitely have the support of my girlfriend which has really helped me a lot as much as I can put the limelight on me being able to leave the nest you've been doing it for probably longer than I have it might not have been in the international sense, but in college, you were much further away from home. You've done a number of internships where, shoot, like before I left Japan, you were living in Virginia. How about we talk about kind of like the attitude and the ability to leave that family nest, so to speak? Because the students that I teach now, you know, or even the people that I met in Japan, they're like, I, I could never leave my family. I have to make sure I'm so close. A lot of the people who did the JET program, uh, they didn't stay as long as me because they said, if this experience taught me anything, it's like, I never want to be that far away from my family ever again. The internships you mentioned and even college, I knew those were all temporary things. Hmm. So it was kind of like an ends to a means. Like, I want to go get this experience and get this job so that I can come back and do what I really want to do in a, the location near my family. So while it was me going away, it was me going away so that I could come back. I always had my family as like an end goal in mind. I wasn't going to just move away, like move out to the West Coast and spend my entire working career out there and then come back and retire. It was always, I'll go to Virginia so I can get experience to get a job. No good jobs right now except for down Texas. So I'll go to Texas for a year and a half so I can get the experience to come back and work in Arkansas near my family. So it was always just kind of doing what I had to do in order to um, I guess, accomplish my goals. See, there you go, being all organized again. It was not that organized on the get-go because uh, getting the internship out in Virginia, that was that just happened to be the only internship I was offered at that time. I was like, well, I need the experience, so to Virginia I go. And then when we graduated in 08-09 time frame, Akami sucked, and I had two job offers, and one of them I would kind of consider Dow was like, okay, good company, I can learn some stuff. And then maybe in a year or two, I can come back and apply what I learned and get a job closer to home. But that was why I was able to move off. You, on the other hand, moved all the way across to a different continent in Japan, which was a crazy move because I could at least drive home in like 10 hours. You were like 24 hours away. <laughs> so if anybody's crazy here, John Dow, it's you. Is it? I... You had an end goal in mind. You wanted, you'd always wanted to be in the JET program. And I had, you made me want to be in the JET program, but I was like, oh, crap, I didn't get in or I couldn't do it right now. I somewhat envied you when you were able to go over there because I've wanted to travel. I haven't been hardly anywhere outside the country. So I do like the experience that you gained. And it was doing something that you love to do, which, as we talked about in the previous episode, is essentially what you're supposed to kind of do with your time, your life. I don't. I wouldn't say that you were just moving away to avoid your family because I don't think you were ever going to stay out there permanently. I, I always kind of knew in my heart that you'd come back to us, John. <laughs> and then you go to freaking Boston. 
I guess maybe my current trek with Boston is maybe the closest to your situation with your internships because it, it probably would have helped if I had like a clearer vision of like what I wanted to step into. But man, it, and it's not just me. A lot of people who come back from the JET program, man, if they're not doing something related to academia and if they don't have like near bilingual fluency, most employers don't count JET experience as anything. And that's a big shame because I grew a ton as a person. So I don't regret it for that fact at all. Um, and at the time, it helped me out a lot financially while I was there. But now, I I don't know. I wish I could reap more benefits of it. Or I've, I've yet to find that niche where it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, you did jet? Hell yeah. Like, we, we got you. Like, here's a pony. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me say thanks, Blake. That, that means a lot to me because I, I definitely look up to you, like I said, for your organization and how it seemed like, Every step of the way, like, you knew what you wanted to do and it would fall into place. Like I said, uh, I I look up to Chase because, I mean, fitness is a hobby for me and I enjoy it. But, like, that's something Chase loves. And for him to recognize and be able to do that. And, you know, Robert has his house and he has a baby and he's working hard to support all that. You know, it it just seems like everybody has their stuff in order. It's an illusion. (laughs) Nobody ever has their stuff in order. (laughs) I just need to loop that over for myself and play that again so I can feel better. I was going to save this for a separate topic, but this kind of segues into to the leaving home thing because you mentioned Japan and the skills and stuff. Man, I was going to ask you, have you ever felt like you put too much time and effort towards something that ended up being a quote-unquote useless skill? Because I look at myself now, I'm very happy to have that jet program experience but my passion to pursue Japanese any further is, is kind of dead, you know? Like, I, I still brush up every once in a while. I still, I mean, I listen to a podcast here and there, but actively studying, no. And it's only recently that I've tried to, like, force myself to watch Japanese shows again because, funny enough, when I went to Japan, stopped watching anime, stopped playing games so much. The Japanese music scene changed immensely where I don't like Japanese pop music anymore. So, like, removing all those fronts, and now I'm, like, I put in that time to, like, get in with Japanese, but now it's, like, what good is it doing me? It's, like, was that kind of learning a useless skill? Maybe there's an argument to be made about that, and that can be a conversation, but I was also going to ask you, have you ever had that feeling where it's, like, wow, I put in so much time to develop a really useless skill? While we're talking about learning Japanese, I would say it's not a useless skill. Because even now, I was hiring interns for the summer, and uh, there was one girl that came in, and she was fluent in English, Spanish, new conversational German. Mm-hmm. And that really did give her a leg up. I was like, hey, because we have international businesses, it's like she could actually operate in South America. Mm-hmm. So any kind of language proficiency, I wouldn't say, is worthless. And it's more... You may not know what you want to do with it now, but having it on your resume will definitely help you in the future because not everybody knows how to speak Japanese or can communicate. So don't be down on yourself for that and call it a useless skill because it's not. Okay. I've had a lot of technical adventures that I've gone on, which some panned out, some didn't. One example would be down at Dow. They had Six Sigma, which is a universally accepted lean manufacturing technique. And I started going down that path. I spent a lot of time on it. Right before I was about to get my first belt and get certified in it, I moved. And so I moved back up here. Clorox has their own system. They don't follow Six Sigma. Pretty much everything that I learned, I couldn't get 
credit for. I couldn't get a certification, mm. but it was skill like just like Japanese. It's universal. There's always going to be Japanese people in this world. So having that language proficiency is a benefit. The skills I learned in Six Sigma were beneficial. So I wouldn't say that there's necessarily any skill that you could learn that would be worthless because you can always reapply some of the stuff that you got from it to other things as well. I guess that makes sense. I guess when I have subconsciously a really negative lens on it all, I mean, you know, learn learn how to work a car, you know, learn how to change this, like be good at like some sort of technical trade or craft. I think that's more universally applicable. And it's funny where I'm, I'm surrounded by tons of Asian people now, but I, I just seem to have that disconnect with my language ability. Yeah, I would say no experience is worthless. I like, unless it's literally like doing intravenous drugs or something. Don't do drugs. <laughs> but... Just going out and learning, like just picking something up. I was like, hey, I want to go learn how to weld. I don't know how to weld. I think it'd be pretty cool. You can go take a class on that, in, like a local community college, and then learn how to weld. And like, you don't months. know how to weld? I don't know how to weld. I've never welded in my life, which is kind of crazy. I thought, like, surely with all the guns you got, you've welded something. No, it's all cold working stuff. I don't have to weld anything. Oh, okay. I'm not that crazy <laughs> yet. yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, man. Well, uh, again, like my intent wasn't ever to like pose this stuff so you could build me up, but you just being a friend, you naturally did that, and, and that makes me feel good, and I appreciate that. How do we tie this into Pokemon? So we have the two ideas: leaving home and acquiring a quote-unquote useless skill. So this would be good for Pokemon because obviously Ash Ketchum could not stay at home and become a Pokemon master. His last name is freaking Ketchum. He has to become a Pokemon Master. So in order to do that, he had to go out into the world. And along the way, he may have acquired some useless Pokemon. I think he had a Metapod at some point in time. He turned into Butterfree eventually, but Metapod was a freaking worthless Pokemon. All he did was sit there and harden. So while he may have been sitting there and hardening, he was gaining experience in order to become a Butterfree and then be set free again. I swear, people are going to listen to this and think it's scripted, but Blake is just on fire, like, with all this. Man, you, you really tied those two into together. Okay, that's, that's that episode. 